as we're going, they go to their car. As I'm walking to my car, I have a BMW. It's a low, it's kind of a little bit a smaller car, lower. As I'm getting into it, my pants completely rip. Whoosh, oh, from, God, no. From back, <laughs> and it's not like this little rip, like the zipper. It's from back belt buckle all the way to the front zipper. And I was like, how in the world? I'm not buying H&M pants anymore. But it ripped all the way from the back all the way to the front. And I'm just like, what do I do? Like... What's going on with the market? I know that there's a lot of stuff happening and like so many people are looking at like headlines every day. So it's like, what what's really happening out there? Mm -hmm. We'll yeah. get into all that. Let's talk about um, everything. Heck yeah. 41. 41. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Energy Podcast. My name is Brian Landeros, and like always, guys, thank you so much for the overwhelming support, for all the love, and everybody that's always rocking behind us. Like always, if you haven't followed, subscribed, or followed us on all our social media, stop what you're doing right now, head over to our page, get that done, and we'll love you more than we did yesterday. Now that I got that out of the way, let's get into some updates and shout-outs before we introduce tonight's guest. Thank you guys to Mortgage Heroes. Guys, historic low rates under 3%. It's insane. If you're looking to buy or refinance, this is definitely the time. So make sure you send me a message or send me a smoke signal. Get a hold of me any way you can, and we'll be glad to help you guys out. Like always, thank you so much to Celsius for providing that positive energy that always keeps the energy fueled here at the energy headquarters. And like always, last but not least, guys, August 29th to uh, September 2nd, we will be doing Christian's Big Heart Run. This year is going to be a virtual event, so keep a lookout for the, all the information, and we'll make sure we put the notes down in the uh, in the bio and all the stuff so you guys could reach us out and you know come together and help our community. Now that we got that out of the way, guys, let's get into tonight's guest. You guys probably seen his signs all over Chula Vista, leader of a million dollar team, husband and father, oh, and a b-boy by nature. Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest from Teen Manzon, the man himself, the myth, and the living legend, Anthony Manzon. What's going on, bro? Oh my gosh, of all the intros <laughs> I've ever had, I can honestly say that was probably the most epic intro I've ever had. <laughs> Heck yeah, that was bro. Tight. That was tight. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you coming down, bro. I know you're a busy, busy man. So hey, you have, you're taking time to come here. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, so real quick, before we get into all this good stuff, give us a quick short bio for the people that might not know you, which is very hard. But, uh, you know, just give us a quick little intro of who you are. Yeah, my name is Anthony Manzon. I am 31 years old right now, getting into my seventh year in the business in September. So that's next month. Super exciting. Um, let's see, been in the business seven years. I was a 30 under 30 um, two years ago. I was rookie of the year. Number one agent in my company, probably like six years in a row. Um, it's been an amazing journey so far and it's the beginning it's still the beginning you know i'm excited oh my god bro yeah. any more athletes dude i feel like the list just went on and on and on anthony how was it you know your first year in the industry you know a lot of people that you know follow us here are young motivated cats that you know want to know what to do in order to get their careers going and you've you know you've had the opportunity to build something from nothing and now you are where you are so share a little bit about that man yeah man uh this is my favorite story because one of my big whys is to like inspire people and i share my story so openly and freely because if i could just inspire one person that was in a similar space that i was in at that time 
you know, I feel like my mission is fulfilled. Right. The more people I help, the better I feel about the mission, which is to inspire people. So um, I got licensed when I was 24 years old. Um, I never had a real job before. This was actually my first job ever. Well, I mean, I did like odd jobs here and there. Mm. However, like you have to make more than like $5,000 a year to like file taxes or something. Yeah. Right? So I've never filed. I never made enough money to file before. Um, and I was a dance teacher. I was traveling. I was breaking. Um, and you know, my, my story starts back actually when I was at UC Santa Barbara. That's where okay. I met my wife. My wife, she's like my big inspiration. She's the one that inspires me for everything. Um, it started there. We both graduated together, came back here to San Diego, lived at home, and we both couldn't get jobs after our degree. And so what happened was we were just pretty much like trying to figure it out, trying to get a job. We had a wedding coming up. I, I proposed to her before we left um, college. Right. And it was just all about like, how are we going to get money to fund this wedding? We already sent out the invitations. It was a big 200 person wedding. <laughs> and basically what it came down to was I was, we were desperate. You know, we were so desperate for an opportunity. I always tell everybody that, do you guys remember Groupon? Yeah. yeah there yeah, was yeah. like, they had a special. They were like, Hey, if you get certified to teach English in Korea, you can live out here and teach English. And we were like, Hey, we should do it. We we actually paid for it. Like, oh, to there, go, you like, guys actually went through with it. Kinda. Yeah, we were that desperate. Yeah, and and um, it didn't feel right to me. My wife did it. She finished the courses. I didn't finish them yet. But basically, what it came down to was, um, my wife was a teller at a bank. An agent used to come in, deposit checks. She saw the fire within my wife, and I was like, "Hey, if you're looking to get your license, like, meet up with our team leader." Right. And so she was like, "Okay." She met with her. Um, that day, she left with a new job. Like, the team leader was like so Yo, impressed. With my, yeah, she was so impressed with my wife. She was like, "We want you to be the assistant for one of our top agents in the office." And um, I was on vacation at the time. Right. The bank my wife worked for didn't allow her to go on the vacation with us, so she was already like, you know, pretty mad about that. Yeah. And so when I got back, um, she had a new job, and she was like. If you want to get into real estate, like you need to meet the team leader here. Yeah. And so after I met with her, the fire was ignited. You know, I thought real estate was a part-time job. She was like, no, if you want to go for it, it sounds like you're desperate. Like this is the career for you. The rookie of the year last year made $120,000 their first year in the business. And I was like, rookie of the year? Like, what? I want to go for that. What? Like what? I'm competitive. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I like titles. And then there's the money opportunity also too. And so we were desperate, you know, I think to reach any kind of success you're looking for, you have to have that, that hunger, that desperation. And that, at that moment, right after I left that meeting, I was like, okay, this is it. I'm going to get my license no matter what. We're one year away from the wedding. By the time I finished getting my license, it was probably September 2013, I think. September 2013, the wedding was in April. So oh, I was eight months away. Time. It was crunch time. And I only had three. Th we only had $3,000, I think, in our bank account. Mm -hmm. And we used pretty much all that money to get licensed. Right. So starting Courses, from the crash course, everything you yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was just nine. all momentum from there. So I worked my butt off from September all the way to April. I did five open houses a week, followed up relentlessly, worked 14 hours a day, all the way up until the wedding. And that was like our big inspiration. And I think it was like one or two weeks right before the wedding, right. I closed enough business to actually pay off our wedding, all cash. Dude, went that's on, awesome. Went on two honeymoons and it was just a fun ride. You know, I, yeah. I was hungry for it. Um, it was something that I could work, to, work towards and see the results happen. And from there, it was just so much fun. I loved everything about real estate and what it did. And, and that's like pretty much the beginning of it. And you know, it's crazy. Like, you know, everyone that I've talked to that has been a top producer is just, you know, flourishing in real estate always says, 
in some way I stumbled upon real estate. Like there was something going on in my life that dragged me into this. And it was like, ever since I got introduced to this, it was like no turning back. So that right there is just, you know, amazing, especially if you're able to do it with, you know, your partner for life, you know, you guys are hand in hand, you know, building this business up. So it's like, dude, that's amazing. A lot of people I know don't have, you know, that same vision with their partners. But if you guys are able to, you know, solidify it the same way, dude, you guys are freaking killing it both ways, both ends. Yeah. And I actually did a little digging into uh, your um, your Instagram. Bro, Ooh, and uh -oh. I pulled up, if not the second to last picture, which would be your set first picture posted or second picture posted. And uh, it reads right there, my why. You know, and I know you uh, you explained that your why is to inspire, but we all have multiple whys if you really, really think about it. You know, how big of an inspiration and motivation was to bring your kid to life and now, you know, having that as a motivation for you to, you know, go out there and do what you do. Yeah, like, you know, life changes when you have kids. Everybody told me that. I was 24, you know, didn't have any kids yet, and I was able to work hard and, and just grind at it, and they're like, You'll see. When you have kids, things are going to change. And that's what my parents tell me. They're like, oh, you you say that right now, but watch when you have kids. You're going to understand everything I told you. I'm like, Haha, yeah, okay, mom. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it is true, though. I can, I can, I can imagine and I could see that. But, uh, you know, how has that changed your vision and your hunger? You know, I, I will say when you first get into the business, it's like you, you have a big why, whether that's to prove it to yourself yeah. or prove it to others or to make money or whatever your big why is. When you have kids, it's, it's all about like, how do I set up a life for myself where I can be with my kids, mm -hmm. set up a life for them and like be the best person that I can be, not only for myself, the business, and now my family also. Um, you know, you get split almost into three ways. Things yeah. have changed and it's, it's, I have no regrets of anything and it's just like building a life for the kids, you know? Right. And, and the cool thing is when we had our first son, I have two kids now, uh, my wife was able to take off pretty much, you know, get out of the business for right. a good like year, year and a half until we had our next one. And then she came back in and then when she got pregnant with the other one, she had to get back out again. But uh, it's, it's an interesting ride. And one thing I want to say about what you said about spouses and support, I think one of the most important things for agents or anyone's yeah. entrepreneurs out there is you have to have that support from yep, your spouse. You have to. Like, I would be nothing without the support of my wife. I can't even imagine saying, hey, babe, I want to do an open house this weekend. And all of a sudden she's like, oh, we didn't spend any time together. Can we spend it? Like, what? let's do it together. <laughs> you know, or they get mad at you yeah. for, you know, like they're, they're getting mad at you for working late because you want to su support, you know, the but family. But that's the biggest thing that it's like, you know, like I, I do the same if I have to be in here late, I am because my ultimate goal is to make sure that I'm building a foundation for my future family to be able to build upon that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, I'll take the hit right now just to know that my family is going to be okay later on. But it's like, you know, it's all for the for the for the best of, you know, their life and their, you know, upbringing. So I feel like that is the best thing you could do when you guys both see eye to eye. Yeah, that's huge. And for anybody that does, even if your spouse isn't in the business, like, I think I read the stat that real estate agents actually have one of the highest divorce rates. And oh. I, I, I believe that, honestly, just because how much work and determination you have to put into this yeah. job, the amount of personal growth that you have like as an agent or as an entrepreneur, it's scary when your your significant other isn't growing at the same rate as yeah. you are. And they don't understand why you're spending $1,000 on a training program. They're like, we need to buy this. And you're like, this is the growth that I need to take us to the next business. This $1,000 is going to turn into, you know, exactly. X and Y. When they don't get it, it, it creates like that friction between like the two spouses. In order to succeed in this business, you have to have the success or the support of both mm -hmm. people. If you don't have that support, 
you know, it's either your business is going to crash eventually or the relationship's going to crash eventually. One oh, of the two. that's golden. Thank you for sharing that. That's really good. And, you know, speaking about, you know, growth, you said, you know, whether it's personal or in your business, you know, mindset's a big thing for us here. You know, how do you work on your mindset and how do you keep your mindset focused so that, you know, at all times, you know that, hey, this is what's keeping me focused. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say my, mindset is 99% of the success, if maybe not yeah. even 100. No, yeah, definitely. It's huge. And, you know, for me personally, I'm big on like words of affirmation. So, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I say my affirmations. Yesterday, I was in a competition against other real estate agents. Before getting on, I said my affirmations. I walk around the room. I say, I'm a strong communicator. I'm an inspiration. I'm competitive. I love to get the job done. I'm dependable. I'm, I have integrity. Like I say those affirmations yeah, that definitely. pump me up, get, you, get me in the zone. Because I think one thing as an entrepreneur and as an agent, to be successful in this business, the secret is... How can you get in the zone and stay in the zone? Yeah. Because it's easy to get in the zone for a week, exactly. get in the zone for a day, and then you fall out of the zone and that creates that inconsistency. Right. So the secret is like figure out how do you get in the zone and how do you stay in the zone? For me, it's going to trainings, it's being around the right people, it's saying my affirmations, reviewing my goals. Those things keep you in the in the zone. And the longer you can stay in the zone, the more momentum you can create and create this big business or whatever you're looking to succeed in. No, yeah, that makes that's dude. I'm like over here. I'm like, I gotta take note of this stuff. No, but it's true because a lot of people, you know, like they they figure it out that one way. Okay, I get motivated for so long, but how can you stay inspired? You know, because motivation will run out eventually. So how do you keep fueling yourself? And it's the simple things that you do. I feel like for me, like I write and journal a lot. Mm-hmm. So my affirmations, I write them out, and as I'm writing them out, I'm telling them to myself. So I'm an avid journaler. Like I have to write down everything that I'm doing because unfortunately, my brain's like a one megabyte when I wish it was like a one terabyte. It's all good. (laughs) But that's the stuff that helps for me. And then just, you know, being around a team that, you know, allows me to grow, allows me to be comfortable. That's ultimately, you know, the environment that I try to surround myself around. And uh, for you, Matt, you've created a team of, you know, complete killers out there. You know, they're great at what they do and they're all people persons. Like, how do you build a structure of a team like you have? I think the the important thing is to, to know who you are as an agent, as a person, as a business owner, like whatever it is. Um, oh, hold up, we're gonna call right now, we're gonna hang that up. Are we still going? Okay, we're still good. Um, what was the question one more time? Uh, how did you build a strong oh, like, foundation within your team and yeah. how you came up on that? So I'm gonna answer that in two, que- in two ways. Perfect. Number one, one of the biggest things I can recommend for entrepreneurs or agents or whatever business you're in is like figure out who you are and be yourself at the highest level possible. You're going to attract the right people to your business. You're going to attract people to you as long as you're yourself. When I first got in the business, I remembered, I was like, okay, I'm 24 years old. I don't own any houses. I'm going to attempt to sell people some houses. Like, what does a real estate agent look like, talk like, sound like? So I started like speaking differently in the sense that it wasn't who I was. I started acting differently and I didn't get any business for the first like three months of my business. And so like, I'll never forget, I called this agent one time, he didn't answer, but I heard his voicemail and that voicemail changed my life forever. Um, Because when he answered it, it was professional, it was cool, it was energetic and I was just like, man, like that was the best voicemail I ever heard and like, why can't I be that too? And that voicemail, and I tell him all the time, like your voicemail changed my life. 
because it allowed me to figure out who I was as an agent, as a person. Once I figure that out, like my, that's when my business exploded. And I think that's why a lot of people say like, Anthony, you're unique in this business. You are who yeah. you are. It's because I figured out like who I am as a person, as an agent and as a bur- business person. And I've integrated all three of those at, this, in the, at the same time. And a lot of people say, I got to turn it on and turn it off. Well, for entrepreneurs, business owners, agents, you don't turn it off. You're <laughs> integrating. Yeah. And I think that's what's so important and interesting about this quarantine and everything we're going going about is that people we were used to turning it on and turning it off okay i'm going to go to the office to work yeah when i'm with family i'm with family when i'm in work mode i'm in work, work mode. mode however because now we're all working from home we've actually been forced to integrate all of our lives at the same time so at my house now i work from home i've never worked from home my right. entire career at any moment my kids can run in want to sit on my lap and i'm prospecting and that's cool yeah you know so it's like you had to integrate all three of those things together now, which is why a lot of agents are making it and a lot of agents aren't making it. Right. It's because they haven't figured out, like, don't feel bad about it. Don't feel like, oh, I can't lead generate because my kids are out there. They could yell. It's like, it's cool. Like your clients, most likely their kids are at home too. They're integrating life yeah. also too. So going back to that question you asked me, like, how did I get people on my team that are similar to me, similar in personality and just people, people mm-hmm. is I just was myself at the highest level and I attracted the right people that want to be in business with me. Right. If I fake who I am and I speak a certain way and that's not who I am, well, as soon as they join the team, they're like, ooh, this, this isn't. fake. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you just got to be yourself and the right people will want to work with you. And I think that goes far in business also. Just be yourself and you'll attract the right clients. You'll be happy because you're working with people that want to work with you because of who you are as a person. Yeah. And I, I love that you say that because it's, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, be yourself. That's really it you know and one thing you said that i really really like was that you integrated everything and everybody thinks that you know you have to be this certain realtor you have to be this certain professional person but once you're able to just be you and find a way of how to connect you your business and everything everything just flows perfectly because you're not faking anything it's all coming natural and you know what i've noticed you know being in this industry is that people read you know the bullshit they'll read the bad intentions right off the bat just off your sincerity and if you're just honest in yourself like a lot of people will respect that more than you you know trying to just tell them what they want to hear and i really like you know i follow you a lot because you know you, you you have that that I don't see another agent, which is your yourself. And you don't play any other part but you, and you're able to, you know, bring in your B-boy, be the Spider-Man, and all that stuff is cool because it's like, yo, this is me, I'm just me in business now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly, like, <And> that's it. <laughs> yeah. So I really appreciate you sharing that because a lot of people, you know, I feel like they'll go that route where I have to be that person and you, you don't, you just have to be you and you're your best tool that you have to be, you know, the success that you want to be. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, you know, right now we're going through crazy times and I know COVID was like a big hiccup for a lot of people and it left them wondering like, what do I do now? How has COVID changed the market from just six months ago? Yeah. So interesting thing is about COVID is that it actually, I felt like it changed two times. Like right when COVID hit, right when the quarantine happened, we felt the market slow down a lot. Like yeah. 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 Everybody Definitely. pulled back. It was like, whoa. Yeah. Everybody got shocked. I would say for about a good three weeks, yeah. nobody knew what was going on. Um, as an agent, like what I saw happening in the business, it was an exciting time for me because this whole time, the industry agents, buyers, sellers, they've been programmed in one way. 
especially here in San Diego. Yeah. It's, hey, I'm just going to put my house on the market and let's just see what happens. It's a seller's market. I do whatever I want. Like, it, I got control. Sellers had all the power. However, in the first three weeks, nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew the protocol. Nobody even knew if you could show houses yeah, anymore. Like, like what's happening? So sellers I saw were the most coachable that they've ever been. Okay. And when they were the most coachable they've ever been, it's been great because we sell houses faster. Um, we can still follow the protocols and we, they were willing to do what it takes to get the home sold. Mm -hmm. Now what we've seen since that whole quarantine kind of um, beginning effects, I would say like slowed down a lot, the market like picked up crazier than I've ever seen. You know, I, I mentioned my seventh year in the business is September, craziest market that I've ever been in. Um, you know, we're seeing properties on average get anywhere from 15 to 25 offers yeah. if they're priced right and they're competitive. Just seven months ago, if you had three offers, that's still that great. Yeah. That was great. That like, was good. Dang, three offers? That's amazing. All of a sudden, 25, 26 offers. <sighs> to be competitive in this market, you as an agent have to adapt to today's market. Um, if not, you're going to be left behind. So like the, the strategies my team and I are implementing are thinking to ourselves, this is a homework assignment that I gave my agents. And for anyone listening too, this is a great assignment that I'm giving you is make a list. 25 items, no less than 25, and write down what are 25 different things that you can do to get your offer accepted in today's market. Mm. So just think about it. I mean, like, what is it? Like, what is everybody doing already? Buyer cover letter, pre-approval. You know, like they're doing those things. However, that's not going to separate you in today's How market. How are you going to stand out? What's going to make you look like a better offer than the one that they're seeing next? Yeah, even outside. So let's let's just brainstorm. Yeah, 25 yeah. things. What what can you think of right now? So and I mean, think outside the box. <laughs> And I'll tell you some of mine that we've done to get offers accepted. Um, I mean, short and contingencies. Um, let's see. Uh, 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 no closing cost. I mean, uh, no credits asked for on offers. Uh, okay, so I'm going to take you out of the mind of a more a loan officer right yeah, now. Yeah, because I, I look at it from a different way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so even as a loan officer, this is what I thought of. So we already have buyer cover letters. That's great. That's cool. What about agent cover letters. Like what if as an agent, you're writing an offer and you're writing about yourself, why you should get the offer accepted because of your resume. We had a seller as a, re a buyer recently wrote a song to the seller in a video about the property and we got that offer accepted. Get out of here. We did. We went to a property, we showed a property and we noticed the seller had a bunch of succulents all over the house. So what I do, <laughs> I went to a person, we had a succulent arrangement when the offer was submitted with a nice handwritten card. We dropped it off at the seller's doorstep without even having to look at the other offers, they're like, we're only gonna counter this one because they showed the thought and effort in getting the offer accepted. And it's almost coming together, like how do you team up with the buyer to be like, yo, how can we come at this together and you know get you into the house as a team? Mm -hmm. So that's 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 crazy because those are stuff that I wouldn't even think about. Like completely, I'm like, what the heck? That's so outside of the box. You have to. But that's what you gotta do to stand out in this market because yeah. like you said, Getting your offer accepted is going to be very tricky when you have like 20 plus. Yeah. Think about it this way. Like you could be the best prospector yeah. in the world. You could be the best at follow-up. You can give the best customer service. However, if you're not thinking out of the box and you're only writing offers with, you know, short contingencies, pre-approval letter, proof of funds, like you're literally in the same pool as everyone else. And the one who wins is the highest price. Yeah. 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 If you think outside of the box, appeal to the seller's emotional side in different ways, then price isn't always the most important thing. 
um, another another buyer of ours we represented when we walked in the house we saw a very famous art painting in mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. and she was like oh like I didn't even know about it my buyer did she's like if he likes this painting I have a gift for him oh, we went home she had God. this book and she was like if he likes this artist this is the book this is a very rare book and when we gave we submitted the offer we gave the book she wrote a handwritten card he was like they got uh, seven offers on the first day <laughs> and it was on a Wednesday oh my God and when the seller saw it, he's like man this was so thoughtful thank you like let's just accept their offer and like they didn't even counter the other agents dude that's awesome so i feel bad for the other agents when they're up against us because that's what we're doing to stand out in but, today's but market that's look i look at it like a sport you know yep. every team is trying to win mm-hmm. you know so when you're bidding you're you're, you're in competition so it's mm-hmm. like whatever you got to do to win that's what you got to do to get that championship ring or yeah. that championship trophy exactly exactly and I, and, I, and I love it because those are stuff that people aren't even thinking about mm-hmm. so it's like if you're not thinking about it well buddy i'm sorry <laughs> you're probably not gonna get your offer accepted exactly so you know uh, what i've been seeing a lot is like you know inspections appraisals and everybody that's you know also part of the transaction how has that changed with covid you know like are you waiting for the inspector with booties and with the whole body suit to come in and check the house out or how's that working out for you guys right now yeah great question so one thing that i've identified in today's market is everybody takes the virus differently on mm-hmm. a scale from one to ten right Number one is, hey, I'm not scared of it at all. I want to be at the inspection. I want to talk to the inspector. Like those are the people like level one. Yeah. Level 10 is like, I'm deathly afraid of the virus. I don't want to go into the house. I want to buy it virtually. I don't want to see it. I won't do anything. Yeah. So we always have that conversation with the client on a scale from one to 10. How scared are you of the virus? And based on their level, we accommodate their needs. Right. So for some of them, we're selling it virtually 100%. They don't even enter the house. And then for some of them, we're we're wearing we of course follow the basic protocol mask gloves booties hand sanitizer and all that kind of stuff yeah. it's going to always depend on the client right 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 so based case by case yeah and then as far as uh you know open houses i know you guys are known for the mega open houses like every week and i see your signs all over the place how have you guys you know innovated and transitioned over to doing what you guys do now yeah so right now we're, we've we've built our business off of open houses so we're like yeah. how do we take what we already know we're good at and take it to like a different level. And so that's when we got the idea of like the virtual open houses. It was pitched upon me. I was like, virtual open houses, how does it work? You stand there, you're selfie styling yourself, you walk around like, that's not scalable. So I thought, how do we make this process as simple, scalable as possible and really tell the, the buyers what they need to know in order to buy the house. Right. So what we do is we integrate now Matterport technology so we can do like the 3D Virtual tours, 3D, you can yeah. walk in. And what we do now is we go on Zoom and I do a screen share and I walk around the entire property virtually through the uh, 3D Matterport. Yeah. And I basically tell them everything that they ever need to know about the house. Um, I think it's really cool because as a listing agent, you don't really have that opportunity very often to tell them every single thing about the house. Right. Because on the MLS, the description is so minimal. 160 characters. Exactly. (laughs) You can't say anything. So at the virtual open house, I have the opportunity to talk to the people on Zoom and say, hey, one thing I really like about this floor plan is one thing you don't know in this original floor plan, there's actually a wall here. This seller took this wall down. And so we can talk about the different nuances about the house so that the next buyer wouldn't know but if they did know it like gets them way more interested in and so it's been working out pretty well no yeah and i see it uh, i see you guys you know chelsea's been killing it as well so you know big props to her and your whole team um how do you keep everyone motivated during these times you know oh actually you know what one thing popped in my head i want to add say one it, more thing it, to virtual go ahead, open go, go, go. so one thing about the virtual open houses is yes it's a way to market the property however the reason why we use virtual open houses it also filters out the buyers who may not have wanted to see the house in the right. first place so i think about it and i say hey if the goal, like with open houses, the goal is get as many people in there as possible. Right. 
Now with today, we want as minimal people in there as possible. So with the virtual open houses, my goal is to eliminate as many people as possible who don't really need to see the house in the first place. Yeah. I remember when we first started doing virtual open houses, we had 77 people on the virtual open house. Um, of the 77, we had 11 in-person showings. And then of those 11 in-person showings, we had nine offers come in. Oh, wow. So the cool thing about that is I look at the showing to offer ratio. Like that's what I was looking at with the virtual open houses. In the past, if you want nine offers on a property, you got like 50 or 60 people in there. Yeah. The fact that we had 11 people in there and nine offers, that's like a 85 to 90% yeah, ratio. Yeah. And that's what I think is more important in today's market is filtering out the people that weren't going to want it because, oh, this doesn't have a downstairs bedroom or, oh, the living room looks too small, which I was able to either eliminate them because of the virtual right. living house and only get the ones in who are serious about it. Right, so right. that's what that's what I wanted to add in there. It's to eliminate, look at the uh, showing to offer ratio. Right. And that's very strong to know your numbers because now you know exactly what you need to do and what numbers to hit to get the same numbers. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for a lot of people, this whole COVID uh, like era in the real estate, it actually made, you know, the strong buyers approved be the ones that are going to stay out and be not be able to purchase. And all the people that unfortunately weren't as, you know, strongly approved, they weed out and they have to wait until, you know, their cycle comes over again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, moving forward, what would you advise, you know, buyers and sellers right now in this time um, about, you know, the real estate market? So it's always going to depend on, you know, what is your real estate goal? Is your goal to buy an investment property that you can buy now and flip in three months? Or is your goal to buy a property and hold it long term? Or is your property to sell and liquidate and take all your cash now? Or is it to buy state like it? So it's always going to depend on the client's motivation. Well, what's the reason for buying? If they're telling me, hey, I want to buy right now because I want to lock in a low interest rate and have mm -hmm. this property long term, then absolutely now is the perfect time for that. If a buyer says to me, you know what, I'm looking to buy a house now, I'm only going to live there for two years, then sell it and move back to family, you know, maybe you want to wait for that kind of buyer right. right now. Maybe now is not the right time to buy. So it really depends on what your goal and motivation is. And I'll always tell you, if, if now is the right time based on what your goal is, I'll tell you. Um, and if it's not, then it's not. And the last thing I want to do is give you the wrong advice you buy and your goal was to sell in two years and say the market goes down and you told me from the beginning and I sold you a house anyways, like that's not good business right yeah, there. Yeah, your integrity is going out the door at that mm -hmm. point. And that's, you know, one of the things that a lot of people feel like, you know, it's there's a cookie cutter and you can just, you know, place it wherever and this is going to be your transaction just like how it was for your, you know, your buddy, your friend, your coworker. I always tell clients, hey, it's whatever is in your best interest at this moment. You know, what's your situation you know what are you looking to do because hey maybe they didn't work out for your buddy but your situation is way different so you have to go at it yourself figure out what it is you know a lot of people say oh i can't get pre-approved because of this well why you know let's let's get to the root of the problem and from there be able to create a plan and know whether it's going to be the right decision or not and that's the best thing you could do you know go with someone that's going to guide you and not just try to you know make you another number in their in their transactions mm -hmm. um so you know getting out of this whole real estate topic let's get into your hobbies and lifestyle bro oh so I actually have a picture I pulled up, Man, and actually you did some research. Shoot. Actually, actually, right before we move into that, I wanna I wanna just address the competition you did. Oh, okay. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that and the 
opportunity you had. It was, uh, you know, the best negotiator. And uh, how was that, bro? It was fun. So I got approached by uh, Daniel Beer, Kai Whistle, both great people. They yeah. were saying, hey, we're having a competition here. It's going to be nationwide. We want to put, you know, the top agents in each market, like against each other in a scenario based, like objection handle. Like, how would you handle this scenario? It was more geared towards agents to see how we handle those situations. Yeah. And a lot of friends and family members, like, got on and wanted to watch and support too. Um, basically, um, you know, they gave us a scenario. They, there was one person in front and he'd say, how's the market, you know, or, Hey, I was going to work with this agent and it's a family member. Why should I use you? And every agent had two minutes to handle that objection or handle that scenario and how you would handle it. We had maybe like 500, no, I'd say like 400 people virtually on there watching it. That's pretty good. Yeah, Yeah, it was pretty good. And, um, after that, the, the, the crowd would actually vote who won that one. Oh, okay, that was what I was going to ask. Was yeah. like, who, who, who's the judges? Yeah, so it was oh, the, but that's the crowd, cool. Which was mostly agents, yeah. which was really cool. Yeah, so it's all industry people. Yeah, so Dude, it, awesome. it was really cool. I mean, like, I, so unfortunately, I got knocked out first round, and yet I'm cool with that. Like, you learn more from the losses than the wins, and the guy went up. He's he's an amazing agent. He's on stage with Tom Ferry. He, you know, shout out to Tom. He's amazing at what he does, and yeah. just know I'm coming for you because next time I'm going to get you. Oh, he said it here. Of course. Like, Liar. I love it, bro. If you lose and you're just like, oh, it's I'll, just, okay. I'll like, never face him again. Like, no, what the? I'm so competitive in everything. Even if I lose, I'm like, all right, I lost. But wait, wait till we face again. Uh, like, yeah. I'm going to get you. That's I'm going to get you. That's what it's about. All right. So I have to pull this one out, bro. I had to, bro. And show the people, bro. Look oh, at this. Shoot. Who's this, Anthony? Who is know. this guy? <laughs> Let's show the camera real quick. Show the camera. Brian, he did his research. That's yeah. me. And my wife. Let's see right there. So this is me and my wife. This is actually the day I asked her to be my girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, that's a good day. Um, I had in this picture. It's funny. I have an afro. So when I was breaking for ten years, um, I actually used to perm my hair. So I permed my oh, hair. Oh, it wasn't natural. It well, was yeah, not natural. It pretty straight. <laughs> yeah, I permed it every six months. I'd have a fro. I'd pick it out. Um, that's because like in breaking, and this kind of ties into like who I am as a real estate agent yeah. too is in breaking like there's also different types of identities are you like the the power, we call them power heads where you focus on power moves or you fo- are you more of like old school style I was more like old school traditional focus on my style my footwork my top rocks and so like that was more like an old school style that I wanted to portray so I had like a fro I, I still like pretty goofy track I suits. focus on <laughs> burns yeah track suits and that kind of stuff so that's what that picture shows um, but I remember that because yeah that was the day I asked my wife to be my girlfriend that day did you break dance for her and <laughs> yeah. be like Sw-. you know that, that's actually how I met her it, it's funny we, at my very first party when I went to um, UC Santa Barbara it was like a rush event for sororities and fraternities did you go Greek I did not. Uh, well, well, it's funny that I didn't because when I showed in, you know, I had my fro. I was fresh. I, no one ever seen a guy like that. Like, who's this guy? He's new. It was my first party. And they were like, I want that guy to join our frat. Who's your best recruiter? Yeah. And it was actually Reggie. So she's, she was. Oh, the, no way. Because it was a joint one. So the right, girls right. and the guys, they're like, Reggie's the best. Go send her to go get him. And so they sent Reggie oh, to get me. she got you. <laughs> actually, I got her because oh. I, I didn't join the fraternity. So. Yep, that's how that happened. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. That's crazy. A lot of people don't know. I was looking through your Instagram. I was like, wait, hold on, what? <laughs> yep, yep. All right, man. So this one right here is, uh, you know, we talked a lot about team, bro. And you guys, last year, October 9th, 2019, you posted a picture of the first time you guys broke a million dollars in gross commission income yeah wow how did that feel bro how was that man it's so cool that you bring these pictures on a surprise yeah i love that look at this one 
this picture he's showing, this is the first day our team broke a million dollars in GCI. We're doing this, like Dr. Hey, Evil. One million dollars. One million dollars. But it, it, it was amazing, man. That's the goal, like, from the beginning. I remember just, you know, I didn't even make $5,000 in a year. And to see that our entire team together, we broke a million in GCI. It was, And I think that was in October. So we even got further than that. But just for that to happen, it's just like, is that even possible? And, you know, for a lot of agents, you know, it, it's scary to post these kind of things because your clients think about you a certain way. Right. And yet my big why and my the reason why I do what I do is I want to inspire people. Definitely. And if anybody out there who maybe doesn't have direction in their life, they're looking for something and they're just like, man, Anthony did it. Like, holy, how did he do that? I knew him from the beginning. He's never changed. And it's like, if I could just inspire one person, like, hey, we got to a million and you can too. Like, that's that's why I'm in this business. And that's, you know, that one of the biggest things that I strive to be is always congruent. You know, whether you see me out in the street, whether you see me in the video, wherever you see me, I'm always going to be the same person. That's how I feel, you know, you have to be. Just be yourself and be the best you because only you could be you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. And one thing I'll add too is, you know, since last year, I really focused on sharing like who I am as a person, an agent, a family man and all that stuff. And so like on my Instagram stories, like follow me there. Like that's like really uh, what I my do, life. Bro. That's, <laughs> that's what my life honestly is and there's no like oh i'm only showing the good stuff well i mean i don't show the bad stuff because there's not to be honest not a lot of bad stuff happen or maybe i don't see them as bad stuff. Right. you know what i mean it's all perspective yeah it really is all perspective so like if you want to see like what i'm about what i do my instagram is anthony manzon and like i pretty much post every day and it's my way of sharing yeah, with does. my clients like i saw you got oh. that jersey yesterday oh yeah Ooh. i've been waiting it's, i'm a huge charges fan i love football fantasy football is right around the corner Derwin James jersey just came back in stock. I ordered two of them because I wasn't sure if I was a small or a medium. I'll return the other one. Wait, wait, um, I got the white with the blue. Uh, if you don't want the other one, I'll take it, bro. I love the bolts. You size small or medium? Yeah, small. I'll take small. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, they're, it's I'll back, take either or, yeah. It's backordered like crazy. Whichever so. one you don't want, I'll take. All right, let's do it. Best uniform in the league. Seriously. It looks yeah. amazing, right? Nobody could beat that. No one. No one at all. And you got Derwin James. Who else did you get? Um, well, that's the only one of the new version that I got so far, but my other jerseys, I got like a throwback LT version back when he broke the record. Like I wanted that one. I didn't want him in the new version just cause like, you know, that's the memorabilia of like what he looked like when he broke the record. Is there a specific uh, jersey that you, so the LT one, is that the specific jersey that you keep and you cherish the whole time? That's my favorite one because it's timeless, you know, LT, like yeah, LT, baby legend. exactly, man. It was, it, it's the throwback one. Not a lot of people have that one. It's actually fitted to me. It fits yeah. perfectly. Oh shoot. You can check it out on my Instagram. I think it's in there. I'm like posing like this because like, that's my favorite jersey. <laughs> yeah, twenty-eight, and then he received or caught three touchdowns that was like 31 total for the year yeah bro get your or facts he, right he also threw, uh, two he, against the Raiders. yep he did right. yeah 31 touchdowns Dude, fantasy that. football that was the craziest season ever oh man i wish i was playing back then i know right so what's your favorite car oh oh man now it's a tesla for sure like i bought my tesla um in january of last year yeah it's out there i actually That's wrapped right. it and He's already very challenged. He has already, you know, a great salesperson only asks questions that they know the answer to already. And so, man, when you, I'm not going to lie. If you ever like own a Tesla, you're not going to own any other car because there's no need to. Like, so what I did is I bought the Model 3, the base model, 35,000. No gas. Um, it's self-driving. There's like all these apps. I can watch Netflix, do all that stuff. So no gas. Put the fire on. Yeah, it's just like for everything that it offers for thirty five thousand. Like that's a steal, not it's a, a deal. Steal. Yeah, it's seriously, it's like not even fair to the other companies. And so, like, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a firm believer and supporter of Tesla after I bought it because I'm just like, 
this because I went from like having a sixty five thousand dollar BMW a five series, which was a great car. Yeah, and this one just blows it out of the water. Like, oh my god, one hundred times out of hundred times, I'll pick this Tesla because it's faster. Like, acceleration is crazy. No gas money at any moment. Like. You can have an app update and your car just completely changes. Like the interface changes. Oh, like, what? yeah, because the software is the change. Uh, the the software's would change, but the hardware stays the same. So you can actually like app update, and then your car is faster in the morning. Like the acceleration even gets faster because Whoa. they do an app update on there. That's and insane. It's, yeah. So like maybe two days ago, my car couldn't read, you know, red and green lights. Now it can. So now it could stop at green lights and go and just like you just update it from your tell house. Us, tell us about the first time you did the self driving. Oh yeah. So cool. That I'm like. I'm optimistic, <laughs> level 10 out of 10. Everybody's like, I would have never let a car drive for me. I'm too scared. I'm like, I paid for this, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to try every feature it has. Yeah, so it just, it, honestly, like, it reads, like, the best way it drives is on the freeway because it turns, it stops, it, it slows down. It even exits for me. Um, now, with, yeah, it even exits for me. Does so. it pump gas on its own? Sh well, it doesn't need gas, so <laughs> right, yeah, sure. actually, yes. Um, but it's, everything's controlled oh, from the app. It's, it really is the craziest thing ever. So I actually bought like st Tesla stock like three days oh, ago. Okay. And it's going up. Yeah, oh, and, and they announced they're going to be splitting yeah. that. So that's like pretty cool. So like that's how much I, and that's the first stock I ever bought. Like I'm not into stocks at all, but I'm just like, when I see it, I'm like, this is $35,000 and like, I, if I was like on the road and a Maserati came next to me, like acceleration wise, like that's a hundred thousand dollar car. Mine's thirty five thousand. I'm actually confident that I might be able to take this car out, not knowing like facts and that stuff. And so eco friendly. If anybody owns a Maserati, he's calling you anybody out. that has a Maserati, guys, Anthony Manzone's calling you guys out. Every, I mean, like that's how fast it is, and I'm just like, hey, we should go against a Corvette outside. I, I would actually do it, you know? Like, that's how fast it is. I'm just like, and just because I went from a BMW, yeah. like 5 Series, which isn't like a base model, like I remember pressing acceleration, and it's like lag, lag. And then it takes off. Tesla is just like, as soon as I grow my toenail, even a millimeter is like, boom, you know? That's how crazy the acceleration is on that thing. This is not a sponsored video by Tesla. Yeah, I know, right? That's just right? how much I believe in it, so. No, definitely. So right before... We get into my favorite part of the podcast. Is there anything you want to say? About anything? About anything. Before we move into what's called the lightning round, which is a series of questions that I don't know the answers to, you don't know the answers to, only Marco knows, so he literally could be anything at this point, but it's all tailored about the conversation. So okay. Anything you want to close out before? Um, you know, I would say follow me on Instagram, follow me on Facebook. You know, I'm an open book. I'm approachable. Like I love having conversations with people. And like I said, my, my big why is to inspire people. So if there's anyone out there like looking for inspiration or looking for just like a conversation that's going to change your life, I know how it's changed mine, the trajectory of my life, my generations to come. And so like, that's what I want to be to somebody else. So, um, shout out to Ashley Lund, my mentor, the one that got me into the business. She ignited the fire in me. And, you know, ever since that moment when I knew like my life was going to change after that all i had to do was put in the work like i was ready for that change one more thing yeah actually one more thing i'd add some stuff i want to throw at you guys heck yeah i think one thing like as a generation for us we're told one thing it's like go to school get good grades go to college and you get a good job challenges like that's not the path anymore so for a lot of people our age are like okay i got the good grades i took my ap classes i went to college got my degree but now i can't get the job or i'm not happy with the job so like they're left in this limbo state where they don't know where to go 100 percent at right they're like i think i might like this so i'm gonna go 90 percent at this the best thing that you can ever do for yourself is discover what is the thing that you can go 100 percent all in at and that's yeah. the thing that you're passionate about that really is and once you know like 
your passion is what's going to make you happy. It's going to fund the life that you want to have. Yeah. If you get into something you're passionate about and you're like, I want to own a mansion one day, but they don't align, like there's disconnect there. So you have to also identify what kind of life do you want to live? Are you willing to sacrifice some parts of your life to, to focus on what you're passionate about? Because once you find the thing that funds that life by design that you can be passionate about and go at it 100%, that's the hardest thing to do is find that out. Once you find that out, it's easy. Now you just got to go do it and you got to go fun, have fun along the way. So go find it and then everything after that's easy. Wow, Anthony, thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, that's really good. Thank you for sharing that, man. Yeah. So let's get into the lightning round. Let's do it. All right, I'm going to say a word and I want you to say the first word that comes to mind. Uh-oh. Okay? First one, the Danian. Oh, Tomlinson. Yeah. Philip. Rivers. Antonio. Gates. Patriots. Hell no. Yes. No, oh, like I hate no. the Patriots. I respect them because they win. Like, I respect winners. However, like, what they did to us in that playoff <laughs> round, when Nate Kading misses that kick and we get knocked out after being the number one seed, I can't, I can't root for them. I respect them. I just can't root for them. Yep. I agree, man. So, I had in college, I had a buddy that loved the Patriots and he was all. Shout out, Pico. Uh, I hate the Patriots because of him. He freaking loved Tom Brady. And uh, I was like, bro, stop. And then we beat him because my team's the Eagles. So once we beat him, I hold it over him so much. Even though we lost in 2005, we came back and we won. Dude, you won last. Pico, we got you, bro. And also, too, like the thing about Brady is I have just so much respect for him as like a competitor. The best, I think he's like the best ever, 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 maybe in any sport, too. Like he's just like the amount of rings that he has, no excuses. He comes in with teams that don't look like they're going to win. Like, actually, I haven't, I've heard like segments of the documentary about him and his life and how he lives. Like winning is not an accident. No, it's not. Especially getting to that level, it's not an accident. Like I've even heard stories where like the way he gets out of bed is very specific because he knows like in order to play football longer, he has to get out of bed that same way. Whether it's, I don't know what it is, left foot, right foot, or two feet down at the same time. If I move one little thing, it's going to mess up my tendon and there it is. He's intentional (laughs) in every aspect of his life from the littlest things, which is crazy. But I mean, it shows because I mean, look at his trajectory of success. Exactly. So he's doing something right for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. So, question number two, beach or mountains? Beach. Yeah. Question number three, what living celebrity do you most identify with? Oh. I gotta say it. It's The Rock. Oh, shit. Dude, The Rock is Honestly, the man. that's what I was thinking, too. Seriously? I was so thinking that. I was like, dude, The Rock. Easy. Dude, The Rock is the best. I, I mean, I, yeah, when I think about celebrities, yeah, The Rock is just, I watched him up growing up wrestling. I love the underdog story. I yeah. love being in the underdog. And yeah, The Rock is the man. <laughs> I love it. Question number four. Who's your favorite Kardashian? I hate the Kardashians. Um, I mean, I don't watch them enough. Thank you. But I, I mean, I, the only one I, I guess I really know is Kim Kardashian. So That's it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know enough to say. I just know the name. So Yeah. All right. Horrible question whoever wrote that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, question number five. If you were a bagel, what type of bagel would you be? Oh, everything bagel. That's my favorite bagel. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the best tasting one. It has everything. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number six. Linkin Park or Blink-182? You know, I, I wasn't really into that type of music. So one thing that's kind of interesting yeah, about what type me, of music I, are you I didn't really listen to music growing up as a kid. Like I just started dancing like in freshman year of high school. Oh, so okay. I didn't listen to music. I didn't know about rhythm. I didn't know how to stay on beat. Like, and now I, you're like, 
Yeah, and I just like, that's when I started dancing. So if, for anyone out there who's like, I want to get into dancing, but I never learned, I started learning like about music in general at age 15. So I remember asking one of my b-boy friends, like, if you never heard a song before, how do you dance to it? And the most easiest, obvious answer was, usually songs have the same rhythm throughout the song. And I didn't even know that kind of stuff. You know, like that's how Makes basic sense. knowledge I had of music. <laughs> yeah, who's Tupac? No, I'm just kidding. I don't. I'm just kidding. Your face, you're like, I was like, is this guy serious? This guy here. Yeah. Uh, question number seven. Have you ever had to scream help? And if so, why? You know what? I could honestly say I never have had to yell help. Good. Yeah. Huh? Sounds like a scary moment. Help. Yeah, no. Question number nine. Between you and your wife, who's always right? Ooh. You know, I think we have a really, we have a really good relationship. Like you guys are going to crack up at this. I, my wife, she cracks up every time I say this, but I always say in my vows to her, even I said like, one thing I love about you is you're so logical. You know, I don't want to say put people in the categories, but let's just say females are a little bit more emotional than men. You know, is that fair to say? I always say my wife, and you guys will crack up at this. My wife is a man in a woman's body. Like she's logical. <laughs> she's fair. We get along. Her jokes are funny. And so I'm just like, her jokes are funny. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So like, she's just so logical. So like, we're both right. And we're both wrong. And we acknowledge it when she, when she's like, gets mad at me for something. We, and this is an honest thing. We've only gotten to a fight, I think three times in our life. And at those times that we did fight, we she, we were like maybe drinking and like at a party or something having fun. So it was never like a logical. Like, uh, okay, okay, we've okay, never okay. gotten to a fight before, other than that. It was just those two two or three times. So. That's awesome. Yeah, so we have a really good thing. We have a, we have a great relationship. That's awesome, man. That's how it should be. So all right, be, what's the weirdest thing you've done when you're alone? The weirdest thing. I don't think anything I do is weird. I just love everything that I do. That's why. Um, Is that a person that does weird things? <laughs> yeah. No, okay, let me think. Something that might be weird, something that might be weird, something that might be weird. Can I switch the question and say the weirdest thing that's happened to me like while showing a property? Yeah, that works. Sure. Okay, let's switch it. Yeah, weird that, things that have- That was the original question, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. No wonder I saw a few things crossed out. She, yeah, she's like, the one changing it up, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's gotcha. exactly what I was thinking. So yeah, weird thing. I mean, it's weird and it's funny and, and this is like one of my proudest moments in real estate. I had a military <laughs> family come into town. They're like, we only can see properties for two days. I'm like, cool, I have four properties that we're gonna show today, perfect. I show them the first house, they like it, looks cool. All right, I'll meet you guys at the next property. As we're going to my, as we're going, they go to their car. As I'm walking to my car, I have a BMW. It's a low, it's kind of a little bit a smaller car, lower. As I'm getting into it, my pants completely rip. Whoosh, oh from, God, no! From back, <laughs> and it's not like this little rip, like the zipper. It's from back belt buckle all the way to the front zipper. And I was like, how in the world? I'm not buying H&M pants anymore. But it ripped all the way from the back all the way to the front, and I'm just like, what do I do? Like. They're in town for one day. We have three more properties on the list. Quick, I'm like, quick, quick. The show must go on. So I will say in these next three showings, the most epic like hand movements, um, back to the wall. You guys go on <laughs> no upstairs. Way. I'll follow you after. You guys go first, please. Yes, the whole way. Three more showings, rip pants. And we actually got through the whole Ooh. thing without them even knowing. Was I it had, breezy? 
It was breezy as heck. <laughs> we showed the three, but the, the best part about this, at the very end of it, they're sitting at the window, and I'm like, all right, like, you know, I, I walk them to the car, my butt facing away from them the whole time. I'm like, all right, guys, I'll see you guys later. And then they're like, oh, Anthony, can we get the MLS sheets that we saw properties at? And my car is 30 feet behind me. And I can't turn around because they're going to see my butt. So so I do the most clever back walking, talking to them. So what we're going to do is we're going to see properties. I walk back like 40 feet, open the car with my foot behind me, reach in, grab it, and then I walk towards them. Why is he so weird? That whole thing happened. And I mean, they the cool thing is they wrote an offer on the first house. We got the offer accepted. As I told them when we got the offer accepted, I told them I would rip pants. I was gonna say, they did you ever tell them? <laughs> yeah, of course. They were cracking up. Oh, that's so. awesome, man. Yeah. Well, not awesome that it happened, but that, you it's, know. It's an epic real estate story that I'm going to hold forever. Like, the show must go on. That's what I always no say. No matter what, you keep pushing forward. Yep, yep. Oh, man, that's hilarious. All right, question number 10. What's the worst thing you've ever been caught doing? Worst thing? To be honest, like, I... For people that know me, I actually don't do like bad stuff. Like I'm, what's the worst thing? I mean, you're gonna crack up if I say jaywalking. Oh God, like, no! That's, you know, that's literally like what you I guys could, get that down. We could get this guy for jaywalking. <laughs> and I was like in high school, so I I honestly don't do bad stuff. Like I'm I'm pretty straight edge. I um bad stuff. Yeah, I mean I I oh okay, <laughs> there here, it we is. Go, here we go here we go. <laughs> So I ripped someone else's pants. <laughs> You're going to crack up at this one. So um, I play Madden, and uh, Peter Mendiola also plays Madden. You guys know Peter Mendiola, owner of Coldwell Banker West? Yeah. I had to destroy him 25 to 0. What? Chargers. Oh. I was the Chargers. He was the Chargers. We talk about this. The moment that will never be forgotten is the time that I destroyed him 25 to zero. So hey, if you're listening, that was the forget. worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> it's That's, the worst, best thing, huh? Exactly. It's like not even bad. I just want to throw that I, in I there. Know, right? I, just, I just wanted to bring that up and let him know. Yeah, <laughs> I had it somehow in, incorporated in. Oh, man. So comes to the next question. What are your top three Charger memories? Oh, okay. Love that. Um, game winning drive. Philip River. Oh, it's us versus the Giants. We're at the Giants home. Um, we always have that tie because, you know, Eli didn't want to play for us. We made that trade. Comeback drive. Rivers driving the ball. Vincent Jackson in the back of the end zone, the right side. If you guys remember that, it was like 30 seconds. Game-winning drive. Throws it up. Uh, Vincent Jackson catches it. We win it. Me and my brothers are, are yelling, screaming. We're punching each other. Like, that was amazing. So that was my – that's one memory that comes to mind. Uh, another memory – oh, I okay. So another memory, Chargers versus Colts, playoffs – if you guys remember, we had to win the last four games. Broncos had to yes. lose the last four games to get in. We win. We face the Colts. They're like 13-3. and three. We're 8-8. Eight and eight. No one gives us a chance. Um, I actually beat four be, – because we had to win four games. Broncos had to lose four games. That, I went on eBay. Is that the 20 CL story? The what's one? Is that when he tears ACL? Which, which, uh, no, it's the year after that, I think. Yeah, okay. So, um, I believed in the Chargers. So, I actually bought three playoff tickets on hey. eBay and I, they were front row seats. And they're like, if they don't win, then you get refunded. If they win, you get the tickets. I'm like, cool. So, I got three front row seats, very front row for, I think it was $400. So, it was like oh, 100, wow. 130 bucks each. And that game winning drive in overtime when Sproles does the juke, literally right in front of my face. Uh, I was there for that when we got to knock the Colts out of the playoffs. Dude, that's awesome. Awesome. So I was there for that. That's my number two. Uh, three, Number three, Chargers moment. This year when they win the Super Bowl. That's, 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 I'm, I'm, I always, I'm not going to get a Chargers tattoo until they win the Super Bowl. That's what I always say. Like, there's things that I'm so into in Chargers and football is like up there in my life. Fantasy football, Madden, all that stuff. So when they win the Super Bowl, I'm going to get a Chargers tattoo. But I, I, 
the last one, I mean, there's so many Chargers memories. I, oh, I think it's third one. I can't think of one, man. I think, I, you, I think you already talked about it. I think it was the LT. Yeah, it's probably the LT one, man. When the O-line just picks them up and stuff. Yeah, no, actually, no. I got the third one. Oh. It's a bad memory of the Chargers, but it's actually what got me into football. Oh, okay. So I wasn't even into football I mean, I've heard. I remember going to church, Corpus Christi, and at the end, the pastor would always be oh, like, "Oh, he'd always yeah, go yeah, Chargers, yeah. right?" And I wasn't a char- I wasn't a football fan even yet. And I was just like, "What's this whole thing about?" And then I remember I was at like the commissary, um, and then on the TV they were playing. It was the Chargers versus the Patriots in the playoffs, and I didn't watch any football. And I remember I was like, "Oh shoot, game winning drive! Oh, this is a kick. If we win, if we make the kick, I think we win or go to overtime. I think was it win or overtime? I can't remember. But that's like my first memory of like actually watching football, and I." Saw and I was just like, dang. That. So that was LT's epic season. So I actually missed oh, LT's epic season. I missed the whole thing. And I only watched that playoff last kick. And after that, I was just like, man, that was so exciting. Like, I'm going to watch. And from the next the next year, that's when I started watching All In. Nice. So I missed the LT season. But the first moment that I actually got into it was that missed kick. Nice, nice, nice. So, it's like a good one, but a bad one. Yep. And that's why I hate the Patriots, too. Like, right. That's my first the memory. Patriots. Exactly. Nah. Jeez, I'm going to be mad the whole day because you brought him up. I have so, to. Yeah. So question number 12. If you were Santa's elves, what would your name be? Oh, I'm, um, I guess I'd be Goofy or Happy or Mr. Optimistic. I'm one of those things. I'm, I, to be honest, like this isn't a friend. Like if anyone knows me, I'm like probably the most optimistic person that you'll ever meet. Like, That's awesome. I don't really see the bad side. There's always like opportunity. We got to find the good in it. It's just how I naturally am. That's, you know, that's something that I, I like to think about myself as well is like, if you tell me a problem, I'm going to spit out a solution mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep doing that. Cause like by default, my brain is just like, how would we figure it out? Yeah. What are we going to do? Like, it's like a, it's an obstacle. Well, how are we going to get through it? Exactly. Just no matter what, keep pushing forward. Question number 13, favorite actor who played Spider-Man. Oh, uh, Tobey Maguire. Yeah, yeah, original. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, the one. <laughs> yeah, I like the original ones, and I mean, I, 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 I'm into this one because my son's into Marvel now. Yeah, the new stuff. one I like it because it plays with the Marvel story and everything. Yeah, yeah it's different, but Tobey Maguire for sure. Yeah, that guy's the OG. Question number fourteen: What is your guilty pleasure song? Oh, my guilty pleasure song. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> like I guess like one that gets me pumped up or gets me excited. Or are you saying, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so the song that I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I like, that I really like. Like that's Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. Okay, so um it's I'm I so I, I dance obviously and yeah. I love to dance and I'm always about like feeling like a good song. I didn't even know this song was about that, but you know the song the I'm so excited. And I just <laughs> Do you know that song is about two people getting together? Oh, wait. and oh, sexy excited. time. I just can't hide. I'm about I to lose control. Yeah. I'm about to. I didn't know that. You just hear it like in movies and stuff, and you're like, "Oh, this yeah, is it's funky. an exciting part." Like they're having fun. Like ah. yeah. So like I would sing that. Like when I when I set an appointment, like, "Oh, I'm getting down." And then when I actually listen to, it, I'm like, "Oh wow!" Ooh, like I didn't even know. But yeah, that's one of the songs that I just like. Every time it plays, it's like, "Watch out, it's going down." <laughs> it's just like such a fun song to listen to. You it know? just gets you hyped. Yeah. All right, so we're getting here to the last question, and I'm gonna go ahead and say it, and you're gonna repeat it and fill in the blanks. Okay. Oh, so I repeat it and fill in the blank. Okay. So, cool. and then look at this one when you say it, okay? Okay. So, my name is blank, and I get my energy from? 
My name is Anthony Manzan, and I get my energy from opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Anthony, thank you so much for stopping by, man. Appreciate your time, your stories, your knowledge, and everything that you shared with us. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 41 in the books. Thank you so much. And like always, subscribe, follow us on YouTube, and tell everybody about this. Your mom, your tia, your uncle, your ex-boyfriend, everybody. We appreciate you. We love you. Energy out. Dude, thank you so much. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah.